you would take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Going to be looking at verses 1 and 2 of Ephesians 5. The Scripture says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, if you look at those couple of verses of Scripture, you see the word love and you see the word sacrifice. And a lot of times in today's society, we don't put those two words together because we think of love as primarily an emotion. And I can imagine a good bit of the time we think of it as an involuntary emotion. You know, people fall in love. They are swept off their feet. You know, they, they can't help themselves. You know, we, it's, it's something that's just involuntary. And yet, in this passage of Scripture, we are told to live a life of love. Now, when we're asked to do that, that if you, on the surface, that might seem a little strange because you can't ask someone to produce an emotion well, no, I, I just can't come up to you and say, be happy, and you're going to be happy. Well, it doesn't work that way, does it? So, so there must be more to this word love in the Scripture than just an emotion. And there is. Because when you run across this word in the Scripture, especially in the New Testament, and it goes back to the Greek word agape, it, it means more than an emotion. It means something that involves a personal act of helping someone in some way. It, it means being uh, dedicated in our devotion. It means being strong in our commitment. It means that we're not out to get something for ourselves, but we're out to do something to help or to bless the one who is the object of our love. And that was most exemplified in the Lord Jesus. For you see, on purpose, he went to the cross. He wasn't forced to do it. Notice there how it's worded. He gave himself up for us. He did it. He wasn't forced into it. But because he loved us, he gave himself up for us. And he went to the cross, and he died on the cross to pay the price for our sin. Now, Again, notice what it says here. Notice what He called you. He called you dearly loved children. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, we become children of God. And how does God feel toward us and act toward us? He feels toward us and acts toward us in love. We are His dearly loved children. Now, most of you have heard that. Heard that a lot of times, probably. Have you ever understood really how much it means? Has it come to the place where you just don't know about it, but you begin to understand it with your mind? And you understand it with your heart. You understand it in the depth of your being. You, you understand that Jesus made that sacrifice on the cross. 
because He cares about you personally. And He acted in such a way that all of your sin, all of your transgression, all of your iniquity, all of the wrong that you've ever done was paid for on the cross so that you can have a brand new, fresh start with God. So that you can have His presence in your very life. Jesus, in love, gave Himself up for us when we come to partake of the Lord's Supper in this service. You take the bread and it stands for His body. You take the cup and it stands for His blood. Strive to understand exactly what that means. That you are the object of that action. And then he moved on a little bit and he reminded us that when Christ did that, it was a fragrant offering to God. Now, what does that mean, a fragrant offering to God? Well, the, the idea was is that when an Old Testament style offering was burned on the altar and the smoke went up, the, that the God was able to feast on that smoke. And you, you see that a couple of times in the Old Testament. It's spelled out really several times. One of the times is in Genesis after the flood. And let me read a couple of verses from Genesis 8. This is after the flood, had, you know, when the, the ark had landed. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though in every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. Or in Leviticus, when you make an, a, an offering, a burnt offering, the scripture says, it is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. So when Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross, that was pleasing to God. And when we're willing to follow Jesus and sacrifice ourselves for one another, that's pleasing to God. That's how he wants us to live. As dearly loved children, what? Live a life of love. That means that you purposely go out and seek to do good. It means that you are decidedly devoted to the object of your love. That you are strongly committed. Now, this takes place in many areas of life. It takes place in marriage. If you've got a marriage with a love like that, where you are decidedly devoted to one another, whether you're seeking for the best for the other person, where there's a strong commitment there, then you're going to live in such a way that you're patient with your mate and you're forgiving of your mate and you're serving your mate. And if you've got a marriage where both partners are doing that under the power of the Lord Jesus, then you've got something really special. And it works this way as parents with children. For you see, with children, we seek to be devoted to them and to serve them, and we, we do so in being forgiving to them because they're going to step on our toes. And we do that in being patient with them because they're going to 
push us to where our last nerve is frazzled. And we're going to do for them what's going to help them grow. And one of those things is helping them learn to sacrifice. Do you know as a parent your job is not to make your children happy? You know, that's, that's kind of the idea we've got in our society today. You know, parents' job is to make your children happy. You know, and you wonder why we got such little monsters running around here sometimes. I don't know. Our goal is to make godly offspring, as it says in Malachi, that we bring our children up in the nurture and discipline of the Lord so that they learn how to love with this sacrificial kind of love. Because if we don't do that for them, then they're not going to have a good marriage, and they're not going to make good citizens, and they might not even surrender themselves to Jesus as Lord. So we've got a far higher and more noble task than just keeping them happy 24 hours a day. We're to love the world with this kind of love. For you see, we need to be forgiving to the people out in the world who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But you see, they're living in darkness. We don't really know what they're doing. And we need to be patient with them <clears throat> because they're without God and without hope in the world. No wonder they act like they do sometimes. And we're to be willing to serve them so that they're willing to see that we care about them and then they're willing to listen to what we have to tell them about the love of God because they've seen it demonstrated. And we do the same thing with one another in the church. We make the deliberate decision that here in the church we're going to love one another. We're going to be patient with one another. We're going to be forgiving of one another. And we're going to work together to serve one another. And we're going to be willing to sacrifice to do what we possibly could do to make this church the best ever. If you look over a little bit later in this chapter at verse 25, Scripture says, Husbands, love your wives. How? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Are you willing to give yourself up for this church? Are you willing to do what's necessary to make this church be the church that God wants it to be? Do you really love the church? Oh, it's easy to say, yeah, I love my church. But if you really love the church, then you're willing to sacrifice for the church. You're willing to take position when there's a vacant position, when a job needs to be done and you know the Lord's calling you to do it. You need to be willing to maybe change from what you're doing now to do something else. Because you know that's what the Lord is leading you to do. And it would just be better for the church if you did that. No matter how much you enjoy what you're doing now. You may need to give to the church. You know what a pattern of churches is? They're without a permanent pastor. The giving goes down. Why? You aren't giving to the pastor. You're giving first of all to the Lord and you're giving to Him through the church. Why should it change what we're giving? We're still giving to the Lord. We're to give of our time and our energy and our talents to find out what needs to be done to fill all the holes, to take all the responsibilities, and to make the church function as it should. As dearly loved children, live a life of love. Easy to read it. It's a little bit harder to do it. 
but you see, we've got an example, don't we? Because what did he start off with? Be imitators of God. What did he do? He loved us so much that he gave his one and only son. We've got an example in Jesus. What did he do? To accomplish the purpose of God, he went to the cross. And if we've got Jesus in our lives, we've got that same power to live a life of love as we come to the Lord's table today. You come with the understanding that you are dearly loved by God. You're dearly loved by Christ. So much so that He died on the cross for you. And as you come to the Lord's table today, I hope that you'll come with a renewed commitment in every area of your life to live a life of love.